Ephesians chapter number five, Ephesians five. And uh, also we're going to be in Ephesians chapter two. So if you'll just put a marker in Ephesians two and uh, we'll get to that place there soon here in our Bible study. But uh, Ephesians chapter five, I want to read a verse here in Ephesians five. And then I'm excited about this upcoming week. It's Vacation Bible School. Last year, we weren't able to have Vacation Bible School due to COVID. And this year, we um, have been planning and preparing. And we're thankful that uh, things are in such a way that we're going to be able to safely have Vacation Bible School. And a lot of work and a lot of planning, a lot of volunteers have gone into this. It's going to be in the evening, which is different for us. And we did that uh, just to try to get some more uh, uh, families involved, more, more um, dads that, uh, and moms that work during the day that aren't able to uh, volunteer. And so we hope that you took advantage of, of it going into the evenings and uh, hope that you've registered your children. You can do that online if you haven't done that uh, yet. But I, I want to I look at a couple verses here, the first being in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, obviously speaking about um, in chapter number, uh, verse number 22 down through the end of the chapter, we're talking about marriage. We're talking about husbands and wives and that sort. And I preached a message not long ago on this, uh, this passage of scripture, but I want to bring our attention to verse number 27. The Bible says this, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, that he might present it to himself a, a glorious church. I, I want to be a part of a glorious church, don't you? A church that's pleasing to the Lord, a church that is doing what God desires for the church to do, a church that is glorious to the Lord, a, a church that is pleasing to the Lord is a church that is not doing its preferences or not having its, its priorities, but that's making a priority on the word of God in doing what God desires for the church to do. Now, the church is, is uh, very different, I would say today, probably than the first generation church. One is we like to get to church and we like to know what time church is going to be out. In the first generation church, they didn't care about that. Matter of fact, they, Paul uh, preached so long, and uh, this is why we don't have windows on the second floor here in the auditorium, because like Paul, he preached so long, there was a guy that fell asleep and fell out of a window. He preached so long. At least we give you padded chairs to fall asleep on, right? And you just fall onto your spouse or person next to you. But churches is in the old in the, in the uh, first generation church. They were excited to get together. Matter of fact, they didn't just meet once a, a day. The church gathered daily. The church was an exciting place, and the reason why the church was such a different church and such an exciting place to be is because the church was distinctly different than the world. It's very different. It was counterculture. What you got in the world and what you were given in the world and what you had to face in the world. And then when you came to the house of God or came with other believers to worship, it was a totally different experience. Here we find the apostle Paul is writing and he's saying that it might present to himself a glorious church. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. 
And I know we've had uh, a missionary hidden today, and, and so our time is going to be short here, shorter than normal. But I want to get right into this message today, because as I uh, asked you previously, and, and uh, today I say again the same thing, how many of us want to be a part of a glorious church or a great church that the Lord Jesus Christ is eager to meet? The Lord Jesus Christ is eager. You know, here, here we're the bride of Christ. There's going to come a day that the trump of uh, God is going to sound and, and he's going to say, go get your bride. And, and Christ is going to eagerly await us coming and meeting with him forever. Just like a groom in the, in, in, uh, on, his, on his wedding day can't wait to see that bride. And I want you just to write several thoughts down here today as we quickly get into this message. We want, I want to speak today about a great church or a glorious church. And a glorious church is a church that recognizes the faithfulness of God. You know, why, why do we come to church each and every Sunday? I hope it's not just out of, out of habit, or I hope it's not just because it's what I was trained to do as a child, even though those are good reasons to come. But the best reason that we come is so that we can come and thank God, and we can praise Him, and we can bless His name for who He is and what He has done for us. We gather at church so that we can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we come today. Why do we take time to sing? Why do we take time to pray? Why do we take time to do the things that we do? We do that because we understand that a great church is a church that recognizes the faithfulness of God. How many of you would say today that God has been faithful to you? Would you say amen? He's been faithful. He is a faithful God. James 1.17 says this, every good and every perfect gift cometh from above. If you have anything good in your life today, that came from the almighty God. Anything you have that's good came from God. You can look next to the person next to you sitting there today and look at them, give them a little bump like that and say, you came from God. Go ahead, tell them that. You came from God. If you didn't, that means you don't think they're good. Because if they're good, if that was a good gift, it came from God. How many of your spouses, they didn't tell you that you're a good gift? We're going to confess your sins right in front of church today. Yeah, every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. And we must remember God's faithfulness every time we gather. He is a faithful God. Listen, we live in a culture that is so self-centered. Have you noticed that? We live in a, such a self-centered culture. Everyone is looking for what they can get. Everyone is looking for what makes them feel good. Matter of fact, there's that, that uh, commercial, that uh, the burger place, that, that you can have it your way. Everybody else will put whatever they want on the sandwich, but you can get it the way you want it. Why? Because we live in a culture that we want it how we want it. We want it the way we want it. We want it when we want it. And we're not going to take no for an answer. 
But church should not be that way. Church should be counterculture. Church should be what, what would happen if we came to this church and we wanted to see God. We wanted to see God work. We wanted to exalt Christ. We came here to pour into the church. We came here to serve. When we come to the house of God, what makes a, the house of God a glorious church? What makes it a great place? What makes it so counterculture is we don't come here to get we come to give. Did you come this morning to give? Did you come this morning to give God what was his? When we sing this in the mornings, you know, I, I love to sing. And Chris will tell you, I think that's why no one sits by me in the front anymore, because I love to sing. I just can't very well. One of the things I can't wait to get when I get to heaven is going to be a new voice. And I'm gonna, it's going to be beautiful. You're going to want to sing next to me when we get to heaven because it's going to be so beautiful. But, oh, listen, this, this voice I have on this earth, it's not anything worth listening to, but I love to sing. Why? Because I love what Jesus Christ has done. I love God's faithfulness. I love, I love that he cares. And we live in such a society. Listen, we, we live in a society today, they don't even want the name of Jesus Christ mentioned. We live in a society today, they don't even want God mentioned. We live in a society today that it's all about man and humanism. You know, not even a mention of religion, not even a mention of God. But I declare today that God is faithful and we ought to come and worship him because he is faithful. He's faithful to provide. In Philippians 4.19, the Bible says, my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. You know, as I see that missionary presentation today, when I think about a hospital like that and in a place that is poor and a place like Togo, a place that resources are limited, you know what I remember that God God said, I'm going to supply. And so we don't have to feel sorry for those that are going to a place like that. We can rejoice because God is faithful and he's going to provide and he's going to get them there. Oh, we've seen miracles happen where God has provided. We've seen blessings flowing because God is faithful to provide. He's faithful to renew us. He's faithful to bless us. He's faithful to increase us. He's faithful in mercy. He's faithful to heal us. Our God. God is faithful. Would you say amen to that this morning? He's faithful. I've seen God do miracles. I've seen God minister to people where, where we can't minister to. I've seen God renew spirits when it seemed like everything was in despair. God is faithful. Secondly, I want to make this statement today. A great church or a glorious church is one that's alive. Look, look with me in Ephesians, if you go to Ephesians chapter 2. Would you go there with me? Ephesians chapter number 2. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says this, Ephesians chapter 2. Now therefore, in verse number 19, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together, what's that next word? Groweth. Groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. 
You know, the church, a great church is a church that's alive. You know, the last thing that anyone should do is go to a church that is a Christian church that is worshiping a risen Savior and walk in and think they're in a funeral. Church should be a place where it is alive. Church should be a place where it's growing. The Bible here says in Ephesians 2.21, it together groweth. Living things grow. When we have children, one of the things that we love about them and also don't like about them is this, they grow. They grow. When we were going through some graduation pictures, Michelle was finding some pictures of Kaylee back when she was really cute. She was little. And now she's grown up. We had pictures of Jacob and, and Kaylee and Mackenzie. And, and you look back at those and, oh, how cute they were when they were young. And I, and I say this often to them, I wish you were still little. But if they were still little and never grew, there would be a problem. And we'd be to the doctor's office many a times wondering what's wrong with our child. Why? Because it's not growing. Living things grow. Look with me in 1 Timothy. If you'd go there with me, 1 Timothy chapter number three, just a few pages over. 1 Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy. This epistle of Timothy, and he writes this in verse number 15, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the what? The living God, the pillar in the ground of truth. Oh, listen to me. The church is alive because we serve a living God. Our God's not dead. Do you realize there's religions all over this world? They, they, they choose to, to serve a, a dead God? Listen, there's no grave that holds the body of Jesus Christ. Our God is alive. We, came to, we come to church, and church is a place that ought to be alive, and it's growing together. Why? Because we serve a living God. Listen to me today. We, the church, uh, it was a crucified Savior that, that, that birthed the church, but it's not a crucified Savior that is Lord over the church. Christ is risen. He's a risen Savior. He's alive today. Our Savior lives. Our God lives. And the Word of God is alive. And His church, therefore, ought to be alive. Listen, we have the ability today to change the world because we're alive. We're alive today. A great church is a living church. It's a growing church. You know, that thought, we have an ability to change this world. That's what the, the world ought to, the church ought to do, change the world. How many of you would agree today, our world needs a change? We're in trouble. This generation is in trouble. But, oh, listen to me, church, the, the change comes from this place, not the world. If the church is waiting for the world to change, the church is waiting. It's the wrong one waiting. The church ought to be the one that's on the offense. The church ought to be the one that's showing truth. The church ought to be the one that's showing a dead world how to be alive again in Christ Jesus. The Bible says this, that ye are the light of the world. The Bible says we are the salt of the earth. That's because we are alive and we ought to be making an impact in the world, a great church, a glorious church, 
is alive because our God is alive. This week, as I said, is a great week. It's a big week for us. It's a great week because we have an opportunity to reach into the lives of young children and present Jesus Christ to them. Now, church, please hear me today. I believe things like Sunday school and vacation Bible school are more important than they've ever been. Because we're living in a culture today that's teaching our children there is no God. They're not learning about Jesus in the school systems. We're living in a post-Christian culture where many parents today that are having children, they didn't grow up in church either. Church is not essential. Church is not something that the average family, unfortunately, even in America, sees a need for. But a great church is a church that trains the next generation for the Lord Jesus Christ. The future is under attack. In church, I believe that young people are worth every effort that we can make to give them Jesus Christ. They must have the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. They must have it. If they're not going to get it in a Christian home and they're not going to get it in the church, then where are they going to hear about Jesus? You know, we used to gather together and, and you would hear the sole purpose is to preach so souls would be saved. But I would say, and that's still our sole purpose, but we also now gather together to preach to ensure the freedoms of the next generation. Joseph Stalin said this. How many of you know who Joseph Stalin is? How many of you remember history? Joseph Stalin was, was the one, the, 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 the man who murdered millions of people and, and, and took Russia and formed them into the Soviet Union. And he said this, all it would take for communism to control America is for one generation to forget God. You see, communism cannot compete with God, but, but, but leave God out and communism steps in. You say, well, what's wrong with communism? Because communism teaches the society that there is no God, that the government is God. It refuses to allow someone to hear messages like Jesus Christ saved them. It's total control. And here is a brutal dictator that said all it would take for communism to control America. You tell me there's not an onslaught against this nation. It has been for generations there have been evil, wicked men wanting to do everything they can to destroy this country. And this one dictator said we just need for one generation to forget God. And communism will take control. And church, I'm afraid we're close to that, if not there. In 1927 and 1945, that generation was surveyed, and it said this, those that were born from 1927 to 1945. Anybody in this room born from 1927 to 1945? A few of you. 
75% of household decisions to that generation that was born from 1927 to 1945, in a survey, they, 75% of them said that decisions were made based upon the word of God when, when they had to make major decisions or even minor decisions in the home, the word of God was considered 75%. How many of you were born from 1983 till now? Anybody? A few of you. The next time they took that survey, it was those that were born after 1983. And oh, listen to this statistic because it's alarming. Because at one time, 75% of households' decisions were made based upon the word of God. In this, in this generation, from 1983 until now, when it was surveyed, it said this, only 4% said the word of God was even in their home. 96% said the word of God has no influence in the decisions that they're making. And you tell me that we're not in trouble. Oh, church, tell me that we don't have a mission that's greater now than ever before. Tell me that we shouldn't be a glorious church, a great church, a church, a church that, that recognizes the faithfulness of God, a church that is alive and in, in on the offense, a church that cares about the next generation, a healthy church trains its children in, to, bring, to bring Jesus Christ glory, the, ch the healthy church, a great church trains its next generation in the ways that it should go. And that's why things like our preschool is so vitally important. Our Christian school is so vitally important. Our nursery, our children's ministry, our youth ministry, Awana, uh, Elevate, VBS. That's why these ministries are so vitally important. We're not just doing them because there's nothing else to do. We're not just doing them because that's what churches do. We're doing them because we believe in what we're doing, because we believe that training the next generation of Christians is vitally necessary in this generation. Oh, church, we must teach the generation coming that they're here to change the world. Why do doctors and nurses quit great jobs in, in, in rewarding careers in the States to take their young family to a place on the other side of the world. Why? Because they believe that they can change the world with the truth of the gospel. We're raising too many children that want to be star athletes. And, and listen to me, there's nothing wrong with being an athlete. There's nothing wrong. Growing up, I, I, one of the greatest memories I had was, was being involved in athletics. But oh, listen to me, even more than making money and making, having fame and having prestige, the most important thing that a young person can do is change their world for the gospel's sake. And I believe, church, we must fight for this next generation. And oh, listen to me, parents, your children need you in the middle of their life. We're living in a generation right now where the children are raising the parents. They're deciding everything. Parents are afraid to even deal with their kids. Kids are going into stores and throwing fits and parents are standing there helpless saying, I'm not sure what to do. 
Listen to me, we need, we need parents in the middle of raising their kids. We need the church in the middle of raising our kids. Listen to me, I know there's a big disconnect. I, my, my youngest daughter, you give her, you give her a, a, a piece of technology, she can figure it out. Matter of fact, when we get new phones, we just give them to our kids. Here, set these up. I don't know how to do it. My, my, my uh, uh, Chloe, she... She knows how to do things. Matter of fact, we were doing something the other day and she's changing some things on my phone. I said, babe, that's not how you do that. And I was going to show her the way I thought you had it. She said, dad, that is so, that, that's so long. You can just do it this way. And she did it. And I said, babe, you don't even have a phone and you know how to use a phone. I have a phone. I don't know how to use a phone. I mean, I, I, I read these articles and they're, they're saying, you know, this app or that app. And, and I mean, there's apps. My wife showed me the other day, she made her whole family a cartoon. I mean, if you didn't know what I'm talking about, the cartoon app. I mean, you can, you can, you can do anything you want on your device. Don't let technology distance you from raising your children, church. At one time, we said, don't put your kids in front of the TV and let the TV raise your kids. Well, I don't know if it's the TV anymore, but it sure is technology. It's devices. You see families, and all they're doing, they're sitting at restaurants, and all of them have a device. They're not talking to each other anymore. They're not praying with each other anymore. They're not communicating with each other anymore. They're just glued to that device. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've counseled families and they would just say this, if my spouse would just put that phone away and pay attention to me. The last thing that we do when we go to sleep is the last thing we see is our phone. When the last thing we ought to look at and see and spend time with and enjoy is the spouse that God gave you. It's getting quiet in here. Proverbs 22.6 says this, train up a child in the way he should go. You know that word train, it means intentional. Through consistency and love. My time is done this morning, but oh church, how many of you say, I want to I wanna be a part of a great church. I want to be a part of a church that honors the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be a part of church that reaches the next generation, trains up the next generation, trains up warriors for Jesus Christ to serve him with all of their life. Let's commit to be that type of church. Why do we do Vacation Bible School? Why do we put the energy and the manpower? Why do we put, why do we put the energy? Why do we put the expenses? Why do we put the time into something like that? Because they're not getting it anywhere else. Let's choose this week. We're going to be a light. And I want to ask you, church, as we've already prayed today, I would beg of you, pray this week that God would use this church to be a glorious church, a great church in the lives of young people that need